Listener Production. US stocks continue their retreat as another round of job figures casts a pall over the outlook for interest rates. And Aussie shares are expected to recover slightly on Monday after Friday's losses. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Monday, the 10th of July. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, Friday was a very important session for the markets. The non-farm payrolls figures were a linchpin for the markets given what we'd seen the night before with the uh, the ADP numbers. They did, Tom. On the surface, the lower-than-anticipated job gains suggest the US labour market conditions softened last month. Payroll slowed from a downwardly revised 306,000 to 209,000 in June. Economists were looking for gains of 230,000, but it was a bit of a mixed report, Tom. We saw the unemployment rate ease from 3.7% to 3.6%, and more importantly, average hourly earning or wages rose by a higher than expected 0.4% in June to be up 4.4% on the year. Correct. So that was really the fly in the ointment with those figures that the wages growth at 4.4% was well above the 4.2% that was forecast. So the markets sold off, didn't take fright the same way they did on the back of those ADP figures, which were a quantum higher. So at the end of the US session, the Dow Jones was down 0.6 of a percent. The S&P 500 was down by a third of 1% and the NASDAQ down 0.1 of a percent. But in weekly terms, uh, the Dow down 2%, the S&P 500 down one2 and the NASDAQ down 09 of a percent. I actually thought that the markets sort of held their nerve reasonably well on Friday, given those wage the wages element to that report. And that was largely reflected in the performance of US Treasury. So if you look at the US government bond market, we saw the US two-year Treasury down by six basis points to 4.95%. So that reflected, in some respects, the softer-than-expected headline jobs number and also a pairing back of expectations for further rate hikes down the track. So we're still expecting to see another 25 basis point rate hike in a couple of weeks. That said, though, we did see the 10-year up by three basis points to 4.07%, and that's largely a reflection of the fact that the labour market still remains resilient and firm. Really, for me, one of the key numbers as far as last week was concerned was the quarter of a percent jump in the 10-year Treasury note in weekly terms. So that's telling you that um, there's still a lot of wood to chop as far as the, the Fed is concerned. At the risk of being at one of those intersections where the market stops listening to the Fed, uh, where they could sort of diverge in terms of if you hear the wrong things out of the Fed, the markets will stop listening to them for a while. And we see that from from time to time. So the Wednesday's inflation figures are vital in terms of that conversation. Absolutely. So much hinges on what happens with those numbers on Wednesday. We'll obviously do a preview of those in the days ahead, but Something just to, to give you a bit to. of a flavour <laughs> for it, the Cleveland Federal Reserve's inflation now cast, so the policymakers at the Cleveland Federal Reserve in the US, they forecast what the inflation number is going to look like, and they've got headline CPI inflation dropping from 4.1% year-on-year down to 3.2% year-on-year. Obviously, there's some base effects from last year, and the core number, which is stripping out those volatile items which is what the US Federal Reserve looks at, it's likely to moderate from 5.3% to 5.1%, still remaining still quite sticky, so mm. keeping the US Federal Reserve poised for another rate hike. And you could make the case, Ryan, that that's really all that matters these days. You can forget about the headline numbers in terms of these reports because you know they are less material, but those uh, core figures that 
you know, with very few exceptions where you look around the world, are taking those legs lower that would make you sort of exhale for a moment, you know. Can you think of an inflation number at the core level that's making you feel a lot more comfortable about things? I can't think of any across the world, mm. although we do have the Bank of Canada uh, meeting this week as well. And I know that's a little And the bit Reserve Bank of New Zealand, two of the more hawkish organisations in the indeed. world. Indeed. And one thing that we have seen in Canada is that the core rate has fallen to 3.9%. So that is one economy or country whereby we have seen the core rate come down quite sharply, but it's still well above the Bank of Canada's target rate. Indeed. So as we start this week, Ryan, uh, we have the uh, market locally uh, pointing to a gain of around 0.4 of a percent. You know, we had a big knock on Friday, the ASX 200 down by 1.7%. Uh, that was a three-month low. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the market holds on, if it does, to that improvement at the start of trade. We do have some inflation data out of China today, so... I don't think that's going to move the needle too dramatically. In terms of Chinese inflation, it remains very low at the moment, given the subdued economic recovery there. Food price inflation likely increased in June. Pork prices declined, but fresh vegetable and fruit prices rose over the year. And we're expecting to see producer prices continue to decelerate. So we're expecting to see Chinese inflation up by just 0.1% year on year. We're talking about inflation rates in places like UK, where we saw inflation peak at 11%. In China, it's just 0.1%. And then producer price inflation is actually in a deflationary environment, down 5.2% year on year on June's our expectation. So that could have an impact on the Aussie market today, but the commodity prices, particularly oil and, and gold, could be supports for our market. Indeed. We saw uh, some reasonable gains as far as energy prices were concerned at the end of last week. So oil up in the order of around 3% in the case of the US benchmark at $73.86. Just quickly back to China, I suppose the other aspect of the Chinese picture is that their employment situation isn't particularly strong as well. So that means that there are you know, two factors working in favour of the Chinese administration when it comes to delivering more support for their economy, Ryan. Well, we have seen the unemployment rate in China around the 5% level nationally, but we do know that the youth unemployment rate has high. been stratospheric. It's been at record highs, not far off 20%. Got a record number of graduates looking to find work in China at the moment. It's proving quite difficult with this sluggish economic backdrop, and certainly that is a key consideration for policymakers in China, keeping people in work. Indeed. So let's just quickly reflect on some other commodity prices. So gold, not that much higher, I suppose, on the session. It was up by just under a percent to $1,932 US per ounce. Iron ore futures down 1.5% to $110.54 US per tonne. The picture as far as interest rates were concerned. So we had the 10-year Treasury note on uh, the weekly basis up by uh, about a quarter of a percent and two-year yields. Uh, up by about seven uh, basis points in weekly terms. On Wednesday, uh, locally, the Reserve Bank Governor will be making a speech titled Monetary Policy and the RBA Review. What do you think is going to come out of that? It'll be a very interesting one, obviously, for the fact that- How much that can you give away? 
Well, the governor noted in April that the RBA board would be considering the issues raised in the Reserve Bank review and that the RBA would publish a detailed response later this year. So maybe this is the response is- ahead of the end of Philip Lowe's tenure, potentially. I mean, he's due to expire or have his tenure end in September. Whether that happens, where that's to be decided by the end of this month uh, by the Treasurer, Jim Chalmers. Uh, but while it may be too early for such a detailed response, the speech should contain important markers for how the RBA is approaching these decisions. So it, it will be something to look out for. I think it may touch on some of the decisions that have been made around monetary policy, but it seems to be more of a response to the government's review of the Reserve Bank than anything, Tom. Yeah, exactly. It's still one to look out for as far as the smaller picture, probably less significant rather than um, or a bigger picture view of things. One of the other things that stand out this week, Tom, just to go back to America, is the fact we've got a bunch of retail days. So we've got Amazon's highly anticipated Prime Day, which starts tomorrow on July the 11th. And then we have competitors such as Walmart, Target, and Best Buy. They're holding overlapping deal events. We've got Black Friday in July, which is quite an interesting name. We've got Walmart Plus Week and Target Circle Week. So while this is all important in terms of consumers spending, uh, really at the end of the day, what we are seeing at the moment, Tom, is consumers are embracing little treats. It's like a little treat lifestyle with less expensive indulgences. So we could see opportunities for retailers or at least consumers to to get some retail therapy without breaking the bank and we could look out for that lipstick index. The so-called lipstick index was initially coined by former Estee Lauder chairman Leonard Lauder after bursting of the dot-com bubble back in the early 2000s sent the economy reeling. Lauder notes that women substituted costlier luxury items for small indulgences like lipstick. So the lipstick index could be back in form with 80% of adults said they intend to shop on Amazon Prime Day, Tom. There's nothing cheap about those lipsticks. Yeah, your missy gets the expensive ones, does she? Well, you know, just anything that has some sort of therapeutic benefit to it tends to be quite punchy in terms of the price. And I know that lip balm can be quite expensive. Not that that I use. Do you have chap lipstick? I don't use any product like that, Ryan. I think. Well, you're from Kuma. You're a bit hardened, (laughs) aren't you? But 70% of consumers said indulging in retail therapy can have a positive impact on their mental health. The vacation have found. Oh, wow. So rest like, my case. you buy some lipstick and that saves you going to uh, Tahiti on a vacation. What a great <laughs> idea. Um, I might take that information home with me. And finally, the Aussie dollar, which has been quite volatile lately, Ryan. It has um, been whipping around a lot, as you might imagine, given everything that has transpired in the last week. It actually got quite a decent lift and it's trading just short of 67 US cents uh, as we speak. Uh, having been as low as 66.2 in uh, overnight trade. Those weaker than payrolls numbers really pushed the US dollar down. We saw some Aussie dollar strength, but iron ore futures are under pressure at the moment, Tom, and that's really on the back of those steel output curbs and extreme heat warnings in China. So Mm. that could- Moving close towards those forecast numbers that a lot of um, private forecasters have been coming up with lately. That's true, yes. Mm. All right, well, um, have a great day, and uh, we're looking forward to what's going to be a really interesting week, so stay with us. Thanks for your time.
This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067254399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.